What's up, fellow castaways? Welcome to Finale Night. We're going to be breaking down the past, the last four episodes of the season, plus another special guest. Stick around. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. This is perfect for the season song. finale. Aww. Of course you love this song. <laughs> what does that mean, though? I, you know what it means. Oh, my gosh. I just find it funny because the tempo of the music that we pick changes, like, every, every week. week. Wait, here's the... <laughs> oh. Hit it. There we go. Yeah. Till we end all the road. Yeah. It's my moment to time but to shine. But you don't know the words. <laughs> no, just, just call me out the on the road. Till we end of the road? <laughs> it's till the end of the road. Just call and me out. And that's where we were this is, episode. Is this the American Idol yeah. after show? Am I, am I on the wrong, am no, I on the wrong panel? No, we're definitely <laughs> the no. castaways. We're here. We're here for castaways. Yeah. Welcome to AfterBuzz TV competitions, everybody. We're going to be talking about castaways. It's the finale night. Ah. So sad. It's ending. Yeah. I was like, I don't think everyone is so sad about the ending, but I personally am. But we'll we'll jump right on into that. Uh, let's start off with overall thoughts of the past four episodes as a whole. Um, but before we do that, we're going to introduce ourselves. <laughs> I, I keep getting, there's so much we got to talk about. So getting too much. ahead of myself. Uh, my name is Michael Patterson. Uh, I'm joined with a group of lovely panelists, starting off to my left, CJ. What's up? My name is CJ Walker. I'm so sad that the show is ending, actually. Oh, CJ is sad. I know. I have emotions. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Good to know. Um, Hey, guys. I'm Katie Wolski. And, yeah, I'm sad it's ending, but we have lots to talk about. Let's keep moving on. Got to get those, got our points in. Well, I'm Teron, and honestly, I'm very happy that the show's <laughs> ending. I'm happy wow. because we finally got a conclusion, and the conclusion was pretty much what we predicted, but not how we predicted it. And that's very interesting. I'm sure we have lots to talk about as we review the last three episodes, plus the season finale, which just occurred tonight. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah, lot, lots to talk about. It's going to be a lot longer of a show. Uh, real quick before we get into that, I want to introduce our special guest joining us on Skype, the Robbie Gibbons. Robbie, Ooh. how's it going? Hey, everybody, my friends at AfterBuzz. How are y'all? Oh, How are you, great. Robbie? It's awesome. so great to see you and to see you so skinny. You look amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you look amazing. Word on the street is you have lost 185 pounds. And counting. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, and counting, right? Yeah, I don't, I've, uh... Well, no, we don't want you to disappear, Robbie. <laughs> we don't want you to disappear. No counting. I think you look great as is. And recently you were at a successful athlete at a triathlon? I did. I um, competed in a triathlon. I've actually done a couple of them. And then there's a, there's a Clydesdale division, which is like if you're over a certain weight, and uh, I came in first place, and hey. they called my name, and I got to bring home hardware, and it was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Amazing. 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 That's so wonderful to see you. We have a lot of questions for you. I All cannot right. wait. But before we get into that, we got to do overall thoughts. Uh, CJ, the past three episodes, let's, let's do the past three episodes. As a, as a whole, <laughs> where do they rank overall? Well, I guess my overall thoughts would probably be I've had a lot of changes in how I feel about some of the characters. Um, Robbie, for one. <laughs> but I will get into that wait, 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 later. This is CJ talking. <laughs> hey, there we go. There oh, we go. No. This is CJ. <laughs> Let's hear it. Um, we'll get into that a little later. But, yeah, I have a lot of changes in my opinions on people. Sure. Katie? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, as Teron was saying earlier, that it – it did sort of like a lot of my predictions ended up coming true I feel like in this past couple episodes and I feel like I knew who was going to kind of make it to the end and so it was really exciting to see that happen well in my case it seems that for example CJ and Katie both had emotional attachments to individual members of the castaways I had an emotional attachment (laughs) to the show and the show concept overall which is why Robbie may like some of the things that I'm going to be saying tonight (laughs) and will not like some of the things that I will be saying tonight as well. Overall, the episodes 7 through 9 were episodes that were interesting for their aspects of the background that we got on each person that remained 
on the island. We saw a lot of different psychoanalysis from the inside. And that was very intriguing to outline and watch unfold. Yeah, for me, that was that was the greatest part of those three episodes was that we got to see in the beginning how they were building these characters with backstories. And, mm-hmm. and I thought once we got past episode five that we weren't getting any more of that. But we got to see even more that psychoanalysis, like you mentioned, we got to see why maybe Sawyer acts the way that he does mm-hmm. towards Matt and why Matt is in the situation that he is. And I, I think these episodes not my favorite necessarily as a whole but i i think this whole show is great so i can't really say any anything <laughs> negative about the show as a whole i will say one of my favorite backstories actually involved you robbie was when you were coaching the little league football team i was yeah. very impressed yeah. we've all as a panel been very impressed with your optimism throughout the show the only person i was personally more impressed by was with terry <laughs> yeah because Boy. terry <laughs> Terry, and that's a whole discussion on its own, but your backstory, what are pieces that we did not see that you wish were played on television? Um, They pretty much covered mine, you know. That's the thing is is that, you know, in my opinion, that, that my story really is a dime a dozen. I think that's why it is relatable. I just had the guts to step out of my comfort zone and, and put it out there. Um, you know, there's separation. People go their own ways. You know, people uh, have, you know, living with a single parent, living with grandparents, living with um, in a divorce situation or step parents. So, you know, for for that, um, you know, it is it is relatable. I've had so many people just reach out, you know, with social media and and just say thank you and. Um, so, but as far as just the whole storyline, you know, that they pretty much nailed it. I mean, they stayed with us for, for four weeks. Um, and, and, you know, other characters or other cast members, you know, their, their stories were show. much more intertwined and more complex. And, you know, Matt Jaspel, goodness, I mean, we're great friends. And, you know, his story is just super complex. And, um, but, but for me, you know, I, I feel like that, that they did a really good job of, of, of it. Matt Jaskell speaks very highly of you. I believe CJ had a question. Was that they followed you four weeks prior to the show, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so the way I understand it is, is a lot of reality shows when they do backstories at maybe three to five days. Um, and that this one, because it was so important for all the flashbacks um, and things that were set, set on the show, you know, they, <laughs> that, that's what's crazy about it, is the parallels that took place and things that happened on the island. And then all of a sudden, you're like, well, that actually also goes on in their real life, you know, just in different di- different setting. Um, and that's why all of you guys, especially you guys in, in the beginning, were like, this is scripted. Um, and I'll sit here in front of the world and say, no one told Robbie what to do, where to go, how to do it. I wasn't coached out there. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was, it was, it was instinct. It was just decisions. Um, just like in life, you know, you make a decision and there, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, there's, there's a ripple effect. Um, and, and that's what I experienced out there stranded on that island. It was as real as real can be. It's I mean, there was no one hiding behind the bushes or we couldn't walk to the other side of the island and there was a, a, a Chinese buffet waiting over there. for everyone. It, there, there was none of that. It's interesting you said that, this is CJ again, it's interesting <laughs> that you said that you didn't know what you were doing. Um, <laughs> what what made you want to apply for a show um, that had you survive on an island if you are saying that you didn't, I guess, have the survival skills? Well, obviously, after watching the show, my why was, was weight loss. I wanted to step yeah. out of my comfort zone. Um, I went in... Totally there are easier like, ways to lose weight, Robbie. <laughs> this was a way for me to lose weight, but Jenny Craig. Yeah, in the end of it, I mean, it was so much more. So I lost weight, but I lost emotional baggage. I, you know, I'm, my wife and my kids and, and everything that I experience now after coming back, um, I've come full circle. I really feel uh, a, a sense of, of pride, or you know, however you want to put it. 
Um, it was more than weight loss. But to answer your question, I went in, you know, just this <laughs> dumb guy, like, yeah, I'm going to go lose some weight <laughs> on an island. I mean, the way they pictured it on the, you know, when you apply online, it's this beautiful island and this gorgeous <laughs> scenery. And you just think, all right, I'm about to go on vacation, you know, but it wasn't that. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned vacation. When when did it set in for you that this wasn't a vacation? When they took my cell phone from me. So <laughs> I, I, I went, I mean, you know, you if you leave the house and you forget your cell phone 10 minutes down the road, you're turning around and going back. And so we, we it took me four days to get there by, by airplane. I had a 23-hour layover in Seoul, Korea. Wow. And then we got in our little, what we'll call a hotel. I mean, I had a bed to sleep in and they did provide food. I didn't know what it was. I just would say like, give me the number two. Um, but I do the same thing at McDonald's, right? <laughs> yeah, don't worry, don't worry. It's the same thing, you know, it was just strange, very strange food. Also, I don't know what it is sometimes. We, uh, <laughs> then they came, in, they came in the next day and they said, we have to take all your electronic devices. And so I actually had to stay from that minute. It was just like, Okay, I've lost communication with the world. Um, you know, I couldn't talk to my wife, and I hadn't even gotten to the island yet. Um, but but that, that that was the minute where I went, oh, you know, I, I'm I'm really about to do this. So, and then when I jumped out of the boat, um, they set up the disaster scenario, and <clears throat> we went overnight on what I call a pirate ship. I mean, if you picture a pirate ship, I was on it in the bottom of it with this little bitty port hole with water like seeping through the boards. Huh. And then they put us on another boat and there was a cameraman and then a, a little boat driver with one of those little bitty little engines and we putted around for about an hour and they stopped what felt like a, a mile, but I, I want to say it was around 300 yards and Brian looks at me and he goes, hey, man, I just want to tell you it gets dark quick, so um, you might want to think about shelter. <laughs> I looked at him and said, okay, and he goes, good luck. <laughs> and I jumped <laughs> in the water and I swam ashore, and that's that opening scene mm -hmm. that you see in episode one. That's so crazy. That is crazy. Coming up on episode seven, we see that there are five, six castaways. You were one of them, of course, Matt, uh, Terry. Sawyer, Richard, Kenzie, and who am I missing That's here? Six. That's, That's six. That's yeah. all six. That's all six. Good. <laughs> I just want to make sure because I, I, I'm interested in think in knowing who you felt because you didn't know each other before the show, correct? Not at not all. Never laid eyes on any of them. Did you always know you were going to make it to the end? No, I did not. Um, Me neither. From from day one. <laughs> I did not. Uh, I was asked after I was rescued. Um, I did start, I did really enjoy feeling like I was helping others. Once trust was built between Kenzie, you know, and Kenzie had to, she had to go, you know, kind of go do her thing and then come back. And then we built trust. And then with Matt, we built trust. And then even in the end with, you know, with Richard and Sawyer, as we all come, came together, you, once there was trust built, everyone there realized, oh, wait, the big guy, he wants to lose weight. And so what was big for me and, you know, Kenzie's relationship and our friendship was she realized that. So she rationed the food. And when she got really, they didn't show it much, but when she got sick, y'all, she was, she was like very, very scary, um, deathbed type. She was really, really, really sick. And for that 24, 36 hour window, I didn't eat. And the rations that we had, I just, you know, she, she'd go, go split the food, split the food. And I'd go, yeah, okay, we'll split the food. And I would just dump all of mine into hers and I would just drink the, the broth, you know? So, you know, that, but that was fine. You know, I was fine with that because I felt like I was, you, you heard one time I said, no, I'm in a zone, Matt. Um, I'm in a zone. Don't take me out of my zone. And I just had that mindset. You know, I did have more fat stores to burn. Um, but the hunger pains in the, you know, the nights were so long and hard for me because that's here. You know, that's that's my battle. 
You know, that's when I binge is, is, is I just eat and eat. And so I wasn't able to do that out there, obviously. Um, and yeah. how were you able to stick with that routine after the show? My wife, Brooke. Um, so when, when I left, Brooke also decided, okay, look, if he's going to go out there and do something. I'm going to make a change as well at home. So I was gone, and she's having to handle business here. And she ended up basically cleaning everything out of our pantry, our refrigerator, and she just took it to her mom's and said, y'all can have all this, you can throw it away. Um, and we just started eating clean. And then when I, when, I, when I did get back, I got connected with Cheryl Forberg, and she's a nutritionist, and I got her book. I love her book, by the way. And she's big in clean eating and also how you pair foods. And that's something I've never looked into is that, that you do pair foods and your body handles it and can process things better. Um, but I am an addict, okay? And for me, like you can't go to jail for overeating at Applebee's and driving <laughs> home because, you know, you're too stuck, you know? Um, food, food was just acceptable. You know, I wasn't... I was raised in an environment, um, you know, I wanted to be this, a good guy, but food was an acceptable escape. And it's what I turned to for years. I mean, and I was in a really bad way. Like on, on my website, I have a picture and I, I paused it at 404 pounds. And really wow. in that picture, it was a video and it aired out because the scale only held 400. And when I stood on it, it aired out. Um, but yeah, so Brooke cleaned up the house, uh, with food and if I needed something to eat, I had to cook an egg. Um, we meal prep now, you know, we do, we do basically by the book, you know, that Doc Cheryl has and, um, and it's worked for me, you know, and I, I say embrace the suck. I say that on the show a lot, you know, embrace the suck because, there are nights, there are days. I'm sitting here talking to y'all and I'm hungry, you know. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, I know I'm going to make it. And it really does go back to that experience on the island. I, I made it. I made it through some really tough, tough nights, some tough days. Um, they didn't show, they showed struggle. Um, but it was extremely difficult. Yeah, and one, of the, one of the difficulties, sorry to cut you off. One of the difficulties that we saw in this episode especially with food, like you mentioned, was the maggots getting into the noodles. And, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know where to begin with this because it obviously it obviously showed in, in yours and Kenzie's faces how difficult it was for both of you, yet you still ended up eating the noodles. How much did it take for you... So I guess swallow your pride and go, I need to, I need to eat this. Swallow your pride and swallow these and, guys. And and yeah. Okay. okay, well, so like I wasn't going to eat them. And mm -hmm. then I look over and Kenzie's like pinching her nose like, you know, the kids do. You know, she's pinching her nose. Yeah, she was going maggots. for it. And I thought, well, shh, all right, I'm going to mm -hmm. do it. And um, so we ate it. But here's how, here's how I flipped the switch on that. You know, if you watch me on the show, I was, I really did try to find a positive in something because it sucked. And, uh, and I, here's how I flipped the switch. When we were done eating and we had to eat them again, I looked at Kenzie and I said, you know what? We would feel worse if we would have not eaten that, you know, mm -hmm. because you're, you're ending up, you're throwing away a resource. You're throwing away a food that we couldn't live without. Like we could not live without. Um, and so after we realized that we're not getting sick from this, then it was, it became like, oh, thank God that we did it. You know, it was, a, it was a really, it, it was heartwarming and it was a good feeling that we didn't waste the food um, and that we ate it. So looking back, it was a great decision. Yeah, that's, 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 that was, great that, that's tough because that, that really, that really stuck with me in that episode. I want to, I want to hear from the people on the panel, Katie, how much money would it take for you to eat maggot-filled noodles? Oh, God. I don't know. Um, a million dollars. A million dollars. Oh, where's my Ooh. million? 
I know. I'm sure. I'm sure. Robbie. Robbie did that for probably probably not not nearly that much. CJ. CJ, what about you? Not gonna happen. Oh no. 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 no not doing ever. That. No. And, and it's the concept is that comes from a place of privilege where you've never <laughs> not had. So you've never had to go hungry. You've never not been able to have oh, access. Wow. I'm getting shots thrown at me. It's not just yourself. Katie also said a million dollars. There are people on this planet that do and have to do what Robbie and Kenzie and everyone did on a daily basis. If one of the kids from, from Thailand was on that island, this might have been a cakewalk for some, some of these people. And that's something that the show conveyed to us and with your personal struggle, Robbie, is we saw a person who came from privilege overcome it simply by attitude, by being aware of their surroundings and where they are and knowing to find the positive and suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bringing it full circle. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because that... So you would do it for free. That's what you're saying. It's not that I would do it for free. If I had to do it, I wouldn't have a choice. And no one, no, one, no one wants to be hungry. No one wants to starve. No one wants to be in a predicament. But when you are in that predicament, courage and bravery isn't being absent of fear. It's not, I have no fear. Fearlessness is not bravery. It's being afraid and doing something anyway because you overcame your fear. And that's what I saw from Robbie and Kinsey in that moment. Yeah, and, and that's my, we would have, we would have felt worse mentally had we not eaten it because of that. Now, what, what the show, what the cameras didn't show that, that for the exact time was we boiled them for probably 30 minutes. Huh. And Kenzie was like, you think they're, you think they're dead now? I'm like, no, leave them on for 10 more. I mean, we, we didn't know. So we just boiled the mess out of them. Like they are going to be dead when they go in our body. And there was so many, there was hundreds. They were infested in these, these, uh, Roman noodles and you know here in America um, there, there was hundreds upon hundreds just spoonfuls just throwing them out it's disgusting yeah. were, were they a source of protein of some sort <laughs> absolutely yes. there you go. They were a source of protein I'm sure some somewhere down the road it was it was a good source of protein do you have now a taste for maggot filled ramen noodles <laughs> Is that on the yeah, game plan the five of us we're gonna we're gonna patent that we're gonna open a restaurant it'll be trendy <laughs> You'd be surprised. There are people that actually do that. There's like a business for selling maggots. Yeah, like maggots and cockroaches and stuff. That's that's the new. It's like a trend. Cockroaches. Oh, there you go, Robbie. In LA, they have got a source of protein. Grasshoppers. People eat grasshoppers and protein bars and cockroach and protein bars. <laughs> where are we going with this? Come on. <laughs> maggots and protein bars is where we're headed. But de definitely, mad respect to you guys because that is that is very tough. But we'll move on right now. Uh, also, in episode seven, we got to see Matt leave Richard and Sawyer on, um, I believe you, they called it North Point, I believe? West Point. West Point. West Point, West Point that's right. West Point. Went from West Point, and he met up with you and, and Kenzie, Robbie. Take me through that, that moment when Matt arrives at your camp. What are, you, what are you feeling? What do you see? What's it like? The, the, the second time he came back. Well, let's hit up. The, let's let's point of contact the first time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. because oh well, the first time was was just as you saw. I mean, it was hugs and let's feed you and you know and then and then Matt, you know, he painted the picture of Richard and Sawyer and the, and a little bit of my point was, you know, well, you you can hear this, but seeing is believing, and you know, give me an opportunity to meet these guys and let me kind of make my own assumption. And what was so your assumption? Yeah, and then and then when he came back the second time, this is one of those like, was this show scripted? Um, it was a, I wasn't there. I had I had left, and no one told me to leave. Mm -hmm. We had no idea. Like Matt was gone for fourteen days. It was two weeks. He was gone, and we would signal and signal. We had this light, and we would signal, and I kept saying, Kenzie why won't he come back today? Well, why won't he come back today? I don't understand. Because during that two-week period, we, we were fortunate enough that it looked like calm seas. We, we had some light rain, but we didn't have the pounding storms. It was like a little window where we were, where we were blessed. And so I, I didn't understand it because I had this picture painted in my mind that Richard and Sawyer 
you know, hearing Matt talk about them. And, and really, I thought he'd be back center. Um, so I wasn't even there. No one told me to leave. I had just left. I was gone for about two hours. I was beachcombing, looking for resource um, on a hike. And uh, I come walking down the beach, and there's Matt Jaskel, you know, and I thought, what in the world? So uh, it was it was awkward at first. Um, there was, I mean, you could see in my face, I'm just going, no, what? No, wait a second. And uh, and I talked to him the other day, you know, after that episode, and I said, and I and I said, look, you know, I, I I had to question it. You know, I wanted to know. I wanted to hear. You know, why now? And um, and I felt like the show was spot on with kind of relaying, especially my facial expressions and uh, you know Matt's words. And it was it was the timeline was was dead on with that whole with that whole scene and everything that took place. Um, but it, it, it turned out to be awesome. You know, it, it, it took a, took a half a day. And, um, once we realized that, you know, we were back, back in on an Island, um, we started playing games and, and how about my ski ball? Come on, y'all gonna give me some fun. <laughs> yeah. It I seemed like you guys awesome. were having fun the whole time. That was something we saw yeah. in, um, episode six, I believe with Tim they were showing Matt Richard and Sawyer on West Point and they were, you know, bickering. And then you, Kenzie and Tim are just having the time of your lives singing Kumbaya by the fire. The, <laughs> the show is really yeah, interesting was really interesting in capturing the, the best and the worst of you guys on the Island. But one of the, one of the things that I really wanted to know in terms of Matt, when he came back that second time and he explained his situation and why he was back, what what was going through your mind about Richard or Richard and Sawyer as people th from Matt's story as to why he had to leave? Well, the the whole time, I I felt like these guys knew what they were doing, and they were, you know, they were going to find resource. They were going to catch fish. They were going to kill wild boar. They were going to be able to hunt the land animals. They were going to be able to track and kill stingray. I had I had built that up in my brain. Um, so when he told me the story of they are going to go look for others, I, honestly, I thought that was pretty, pretty awesome, you know? <laughs> um, and, you know, Matt told us, he said, I just, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to make the trip. And so, and that was how Matt was able to get all of Kenzie's stuff and bring 10 clams because Matt did not want to come back to our camp. He'd done that. Like when you'd watch the show, he showed up at Richards and Sawyer's with nothing. You know, he came over to us with nothing. And then he came back and he was bringing Christmas. I mean, not only did he bring the journal for Kenzie and all of the clothes, but he also brought back food. And that was like gold. I mean, we had 10 clams. You know, you could eat a clam a day, that's 10 days. It, it was better to have two clams a day um, so, so when he showed up with all that, it, it just kind of validated the whole thing. And Richard and Sawyer took what they needed to make their trek. And they were going to do really ultimately, and, and Sawyer made reference to it when he said, you know, we procrastinated on this. Um, and it, and it gives me chill bumps right now to, to kind of think about those two guys and what their mission was and what they set out to do. And that before time ran out, they went and did it, you know, and they got to go search and they didn't find, they didn't find anyone, but they found their journals and Terry had left the shells and she left everything stacked perfectly. And then they sat there and they read it. And then they really started to learn more about Matt. And we all, they got their stuff and they brought it back. And, you know, I was reading the journal from day one, you know, it was <laughs> my, my man Dragonfly. And I cannot wait to meet him one day. You know, Eric, Eric was amazing. I don't, I've never met him, but when you read someone's journal like that, you feel like you know him. And, and you know, he helped me without even help. He didn't even know it, but. Uh, he helped me get through those first three days when I was just, you know, I didn't know what I was doing and how I was going to make it. And then I had this friend, you know, Eric. Um, so for Richard and Sawyer to get to, 
to go on that track, to really do what, you know, God intended them to do when they were out there uh, was, was real special. And I, I'm, I'm sure that production liked it as well. And they were like, oh, okay, this laid in, and here they go. Because um, they had nothing physically. I mean, uh, Sawyer Golly was, you know, he had all the muscle when he started. And you just see him on camera, and you're like, where did he go? Um, so, so that was really cool how all of that came together. Um, it, it was just awesome. I mean, it, I, I thought that the, the finale was, was really special tonight. Um, it was good. Well, it, on day 25, if I remember correctly, you and Kenzie wondered if Terry was out there alone. And it yes. was a concern of yours. <laughs> First, how did you know a Terry even existed? Did you know the list of people were, that were uh, other than journals that were found? And secondly, no, no, it wasn't Terry that it wasn't Terry that we thought was still out there. We thought Eric was on our island because Eric, we knew Eric was out there. But I don't, I don't believe we we knew because we didn't have Terry's journal. I read Terry's journal here in this last episode, and then you know I read that she was 62 years old, and I don't know if you saw my reaction, but it just, we were like, what? We had no idea. Um, we were like 62, um, which was amazing. Um, but no, I don't, I don't believe it was Terry. I think it was, wasn't it around day 25 when we were, when we were concerned that Eric was on our island? I believe the Eric situation happened a little before that. And with the question of Terry was the question of loneliness and being alone. And how did that affect you? Because there was a time where Kenzie left and you were alone. Yeah, that was in the that was right in the beginning. Um, I was pissed. I mean, honestly, I was. Um, so were the fans. Yeah. Well. Yeah, we were. Know. And CJ. You know, was, I was not mad at all. <laughs> well, one of the there, there's a scene um, where it, it didn't air, but so in our little resource bucket that I found was a little layer of molded rice. It was about a two inch layer of molded rice. And then inside of the rice was one pack of wooden matches. And I, I don't know if they did that for, and honestly, like I first thought that it was a, it was left from, you know, the, a fishing crew, people in Indonesia, that's their trade. And they would, they would come camp for three or four days and fish and then they'd go home. Um, but looking back, that was left by production. You know, it even says in the in the you know in the trailers that there's limited resources. So Kenzie left, and I started a fire, and I only used two matches, um, and I was very proud about that. And I had a I had a moment where I you know Tom Hanks it, and I was like fire. I mean, it was so I was so proud of myself. Um, and then I ate her fish, uh, but. But really, that emotion that I showed in that was uh, was it was kind of like, oh, look here, Kenzie, I built the fire, you know, and, and, and you're off doing whatever. Well, come to find out, she built a fire, too, on, on, on Four Seasons. She had been able to make her a fire. I made a fire. Um, but, yeah, I, I was uh, – that was a long night. I mean, that was a long couple days, and uh, it, was, it was tough. It was tough. Uh, the nights were obviously hardest for me. I just, as soon as that sun came up, I just was thankful that I, I made it. Made it through another day. The The matches were probably surrounded in the rice because the rice keeps away the moisture. So everyone at home knows that if you drop your iPhone in the toilet, you're supposed to dip it in rice and hopefully it just drains out the moisture. <laughs> and that's the concept of keeping it away from the humidity that the island persisted. It was extremely humid. Continuously. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Making you sweat. I can only imagine the sweat. A lot of water weight drained out of your body. <laughs> sure did. I never felt dry. I mean, our camp, fish camp, was right. It was good and bad. So it was right on the edge of the water, which meant the wind constantly blew. So it kept the mosquitoes at bay. Um, you know, it, we didn't get an infestation with mosquitoes because we're right on the water and the wind constantly blew. But the bad side of that was the wind constantly blew and it was freezing at night. Um, it was so cold, it was bitter cold because uh, the wind just blew, it blew, it blew. 
but it did keep all the mosquitoes at bay and it kept them in check. And then whenever there was a dead calm is when, you know, the mosquitoes would come around and, and then we'd be begging for wind again. But it, it was nice having that, um, finding that little hut right there on the water's edge. Yeah, it was great. You guys stayed there basically the whole time. And it's interesting that you mentioned about the fire and creating trust, because I believe in the in the final episode you talked about how you guys didn't have trust in the beginning, and, and that moment kind of solidified you guys as a pair. And the last episode, the, the finale as a whole, I, 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 I don't know about the rest of you guys, I, I really enjoyed the finale. Katie, what, what were your overall opinions on the finale? Oh, I loved it. I loved the end, and you guys just all were just so vulnerable with each other, and it just seemed to you really were, you understood kind of your whys and why you were there, and it just seemed like you guys learned so much about yourself and about each other, and yeah, I don't know. It was just, oh, it was heartwarming. Yeah, it was, um, it was some touchy-feely moments, for sure. Um, and uh, I think everyone, there was clarity, you know, some of the castaways found it earlier, you know, some of them found it later, but I think all 12, um, at some point, I've always said to, you know, my circles that I run here is you could get rescued whenever you wanted. Um, you know, a lot of people say you could quit, you know, you could quit, but, but ultimately you could just, you could get rescued when, you know, when you found it. Um, and you know, that was the whole premise, you know, to the whole show. Yeah. The premise of everybody finding their, their way of growing. And it was, I think my biggest takeaway from this show is that even if you don't succeed in the conventional way, because you know, not everybody made it to the end, but right. everyone in a way I'd save for maybe three or four people like, like Angel they really grew from the situation despite not making it. Like someone like Tim was a person that I felt really grew a lot from the experience. And yes. I'm sure Robbie, you, you could attest more to that. He didn't make it to the end, but he still grew from his experiences. Yeah. I'll touch on that because, you know, Tim was very special to, to both me and Kinsey. And you heard me in the show reference that he was a hero and that's easy to say because of his military work and because of what he does um, in protecting, you know, us and girls and our country. But he was a hero to us. So that's his real life. And here's one of those parallels that's just unscripted. I mean, production couldn't plan this. Mm -hmm. Here he is in real life. And he comes to fish camp and he has a bucket of resource. I mean, it had maggots in it, but it was still <laughs> food for days. It was a huge purple bucket and he left. But guess what he did when he left? He left us that food and he was a hero for us in that moment in time. And that that there right in itself is just the comparison to what he has done and what he does in his real life. I mean, so he was a hero, a hero there and he was a hero to us on that island. And, and, you know, ultimately I'll sit there and tell anyone he saved us and, um, and I thank him for it. You know, I've told him to his face. I've gotten to see him a couple of times. He, he taught me how to shoot a, uh, shoot a, shoot one of his guns you know i'm not a big gun shooter but he taught me how to and uh held the held the scope too close to my head and he poked me right there and cut cut me and uh he made fun of me for that for a while but uh but i was a good shot you know shoot it's pretty good yeah and in that episode as well you you mentioned that he referred to you as kind of his hero on this island and that seems to really mean a lot to you what does it mean coming from somebody like like him who is a real life hero to say that you were his hero on the island that was holding people together? It can first of all is it 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 blew me away because I wasn't expecting it. But at the same time, it was a moment in the show. It was a moment for me that was on day 18, day 17, day 18, mm -hmm. to where I felt like I could do it. And for him to say that to me uh, was, 
was very, very meaningful and special because um, I love the quote by Joseph Campbell. Maybe the journey isn't becoming anything. Maybe it's about unbecoming everything who you were meant to be in the first place. And it was just, it was a sense of a release. And here he is telling me that I'm, I'm a leader out here. And, uh, and it just, it powered me up, man. It recharged my batteries. Uh, it, it made me feel real good. Um, and made me feel proud. Did you feel a special infinity, Robbie, towards Matt? Being that Matt was a self-proclaimed person who did not have any particular survival skills. And when you began, you also felt that you didn't have any particular survival skills. Was that a reason there was a bond, an easier bond between Matt, yourself, and Kenzie? Yeah, I believe so. I made reference to that, that and they showed that, you know, we, you got a school teacher, a race car driver, and a, and, a, and, a, and a singer. And here we are trying to figure out how to make it on, a, on an island. Um, yeah, and, and another thing I really enjoyed, you know, with, with Matt is I just listened. And he has amazing stories. And we would sit for hours sure. at, the end of the, at the end of that dock. And Matt would just talk, you know, and I would just listen and I would ask him questions. And, you know, it was a source of entertainment for me, but it was just so interesting. Um, sure, and he's, com it was, he's complex. It was a source of entertainment, but not a source of food. So Matt <laughs> came to you the first time with very next to nothing resources. And you were very open. When he yeah, returned, fed him. yeah. He, I fed him my, my portion for that day. Did you, which is a very, which is contrast to how Richard and Sawyer felt when Matt appeared to them. What gave you the strength to be so open and welcoming, knowing that you have limited resources yourself? Um, his eyes. Uh, <laughs> he, he needed his kind it. eyes. <laughs> yeah, it was it was my upbringing. It's you know, it's just it's it's a nature. Uh, and, and I just felt like if we're going to make this work, then, uh, then he needs to eat. But we did that with Tim as well. You know, um, Tim's was a little different because when Tim came, we, we had more resource. And then when Matt came, it was a little more tighter budget, so to speak. You know, it was a tighter budget when, when, uh, when Matt came. So I was, uh, I was fine with it. And then back in the, and if you see, you know, Kinsey and I, um, it was actually, it was, uh, it was papaya is what, what it was. But I found five tree, papaya trees back in the jungle, a nice little walk. I found five papaya trees and I had them counted. And I want to say at one point there was like 21, 22 papayas. Now, the problem with them was, is that when a papaya gets ripe, it falls to the ground. Well, when these things landed on the ground, all the land animals on the island are hungry too. Mm -hmm. And so they would get them before you could get them and we could never find a ripe one. So we were eating them um, green, but it was, it was for me, it was something to chew on, very limited calories, but, but it was a food source. So, you know, I had those things counted and I knew like, Hey, look, y'all, y'all eat the rice. I can have a piece of fruit today and, uh, and we'll make it till tomorrow. So, there was, uh, you know, there was a, there was some resource that we found in the, in the jungle that was some fruit, uh, which allowed, you know, which allowed us to feed, to feed Matt. Well, as far as resources go, I just want everyone at home to know that AfterBuzz is a resource. It is our network that produces after shows for nearly all of your favorite TV shows. From dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more, there is no network that works harder to serve television fans. But... We need your help the way Matt needed everyone's help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you. And you'll help AfterBuzz, that's us, continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be because they're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out for our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments below. We love hearing from you and thank you 
and we will do so on air. For okay. now, thanks for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. Yeah, thanks guys for joining us. That's <laughs> uh, the it's the last episode, and with that last episode, we're gonna jump right into that. Um, some of the more specific moments of this episode. Predictions? No. <laughs> oh yeah, predictions, predictions for the rest of it. Uh, one of the most fascinating parts to me of this episode was everybody's journals kind of coming together. When you guys all came together on the island and everyone had access to their journals, so you got to see everyone's backstories and why they are the way that they are, and it kind of allowed allowed everybody to everybody on the island to see why they act the way that they act. I want to know, Robbie, who's, out of everyone's journal that you read, who's impacted you the most? It was Eric's. Eric's. Yeah. It, it made, I mean, you might want to say it was the first journal that I found, um, but but it was Eric's, yeah. I enjoyed reading it. And uh, he, he, he even did some artistry in it. He had little drawings in there. And, um, it was, it was, it was, it was good. You know, the man, the man loves his wife and, uh, and he, he put it in that journal. Yeah. He's another one of those ones that he, he really achieved. He really grew. He really grew from this experience, even though he didn't make it to the end. He didn't win traditionally, but one of the, Another part of this episode that we got to see was was Terry officially leaving the island. And I don't know about the rest of everybody on my panel, but that killed that killed me. That killed oh, me. I so I'm not really sure why because I wasn't the biggest fan of Terry. Not that I wasn't I didn't like Terry. I just I really wanted to see her make it to the end and I know to, I know to Ron. I know to Ron yeah, was, that a was big your number one that was your girl. Well, Terry just, Terry was the one who exceeded all expectations. Of course. Oh, yeah. And oh, gosh. Followed by yourself, Robbie, who was my second mm -hmm. favorite person, simply because Wait, you when? also exceeded expectations. I don't remember you saying he was your second favorite. Did, did you remember me just saying it right now? <laughs> there, there we go. Hey, I heard him. I'll take second. So, recency bias. Well, I just felt that... When it came to expectations, your positive attitude was one that I found was contagious, as did the other members of the castaways around you, as we saw inherently with, with Kenzie, who at sometimes wanted to give up but would not because of you. And even at the point when you were at your lowest, that was the time Kenzie was the most likely to leave. So you were truly her spiritual rock. But when it came to Terry, Terry had age against her she had the least experience out of everyone simply because she's a 62 year old caretaker who knows nothing of islands who looks like she's never been outside of the suburbs at least you were around physical activities yeah if nothing else terry just had and she was by herself the entirety of the time roshana was there for a total of six days mm -hmm. and the rest of it terry was alone and Terry thrived. She was happy. She was healthy. She was a positive pillar for herself. And in the end, that's what did her in, was her own psychological analysis of her life and how she's away from her parents. She wasn't starving the way we saw, uh, what's the gentleman's name who left first? Angel. 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 Angel was just, I can't do this. I have to go. She wasn't starving the, the way we even saw Eric go through. Or we saw Matt the towards the end. Yeah. She wasn't starving. When I say starving, I mean physically and emotionally. She was not. What happened at the end was she did not have an end in sight and left because she cared about her family. And she was their primary caretaker. And she had been there 30 plus days. Almost 40 days. It's so amazing. I mean, it's... And I, I love the scene where we are reading her journal. All five of us are sitting around this journal, and it hit us that she was 62. And you see all of us go, what? Because we knew what we'd been through, and, and we just thought, how? Um, 
but she was her own spirit. She was fun to watch on television. She, uh, she had a good sense. She knew why she was there. She wanted it her whole life. She said that, but then, then she also knew why she had to go, just like you said, because she's a caregiver. And so, and that's truly the greatest. How do y'all think she departed? I mean, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't see that part. I wasn't, a part of me actually questions the fact if her departure led to your crew's rescue. Had she not departed, would the network have taken the show longer? Oh no, 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 no. That's one of the mm-hmm. the same thing. I, I don't know if y'all knew that or not, but just as the uh, the locations that the contestants were or the the castaways were dropped and their bags. Um, you had ABC, then you had production, and then they hired a third party randomization team. So it was all randomly done where they wanted it to be as authentic as possible. There was, there was no one with ABC. There was no one with production that knew where the 12 castaways would be dropped. And it was randomly done. They paid them a bunch of money. I was told where, where the bags would be dropped. And then on what your to answer your question, before months before they even knew Robbie Gibbons was going to be a castaway with all of their lawyers and their people, Grant and Brian and Laura, and they all had to say, sit down with lawyers and say, this is the rescue day. Now they didn't tell anybody. They didn't tell us. We had no idea as a castaway. Cameraman had no idea. No one had any idea, but the lawyer knew. And for that reason that you're bringing up right now, they did not want it to be like if Robbie would have left, and then here comes the boats, mm-hmm. you know, and Robbie's off. So it really was, a, it was a, it was as authentic as you can make it. Yes, there was cameramen there. Yes, there, when you see me getting out of the water, I thought the cameraman was on the boat. I had no idea. He had on camouflage, like head to toe, and all you could see was his eyes and he's over <laughs> the tree, you know. But yes, there was cameramen there. Um, but it was as authentic as you could make it. And thank goodness the cameramen were there because it is Gorgeous. Tell me that that's not the best shot show you've seen in so long. Yeah, Michael we've, said we've it. Talked about, yeah, we've talked about it before. This is Michael's favorite thing to say. Multiple times in every episode, the way things are shot. Especially, I'm not sure if you watched the finale, Robbie, but the moment when you guys hear the helicopter, it is like, it, it, it's great. It cuts so quickly yeah. to each person. You can feel the intensity. It's almost like, it's almost like all of you on the island don't know what's happening. It's like, I, as a viewer, my heart was racing just like your guys' was because of that editing. I, I could go on for days about this editing. But <laughs> that's the greatest thing I think about the show that you mentioned is that it's what I've realized is that it's it's truly authentic. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything about this show is as real as it promoted itself to be. I mean, we've heard it from you. We've heard it from Matt and Richard. It really is such an authentic show. And I think I think that's the greatest takeaway from the show for me is that these were real people, real experiences, and and real triumphs. And I feel even even the characters that we didn't see that much, I, I really enjoyed their stories because it's it's real. And I feel with a lot of quote unquote reality TV, you don't see that nowadays. But and going off of how you're saying it's authentic, I just had a random question for you. Where what was the bathroom situation like? Where did you go? Did you get did you get toiletries? How how did that work out? Everyone wants you to know. Sleeves. What did Forrest Gump say when I had to go? I went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at night, you know, at night, I, I'm sorry, but I wasn't walking in that jungle. I mean, I just go. Um, but but you just bury it with uh, the sand. Sweet, yeah. Well, wherever, like, like right there. <laughs> Right outside the window sometimes. <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do. I get that. but Yeah, so, but we had a bathroom stick. I thought it was a great idea. You know, I'm a school teacher. You know, when you got to go leave the classroom, you go to the bathroom, you take your, your bathroom stick. So, and it was, it was kind of great because we worried about each other. And when someone wasn't there for very long, um, there, there was a situation where um, I left and I took the wrong stick. So we had one stick, it had like a little flat shovel, so you could shovel out a little bit of, you know, dirt or sand or wherever you needed to go. And uh, I took the wrong stick and I was gone for a little while and, and 
Kenzie and Matt, they're all just going crazy. Robbie, where's Robbie? Where, what's going on? And I come to and back. I was like, I'm in the bathroom. I got the stick. <laughs> like, you got the wrong stick. You know, so, yeah. But, no, there was no toiletries. There was no... <laughs> None of that. Those bugs crawling over. Oh, oh yeah. No. <laughs> it just it just really goes to show the authentic the authenticity of the show being, you know, castaway survivors. It's it's really great. And I'm I'm personally really upset that the show is over because I feel even though the stories were wrapped up, I just want I want more. I want more of these stories. And so that kind of leads us to overall thoughts on the series as a whole, because I, I found this series to be great. I'm, I love reality television, true reality television, stuff that is, you know, real people, real stories. S CJ, what are your overall thoughts on this series as a whole, how it was presented? Um, I do agree with you. I thought it was a great series. Um, the whole, the way they took everyone's stories and the way they edited it together, I thought that was really great. And I also thought how like the characters developed and how I how I developed with the characters. Um, yeah, we got to see some character growth from CJ throughout this I whole thing. That was great. From, yeah. from from the first episode, very critical of Robbie, but today today yeah. out before we came in, he looks at me and goes, "I think I think Robbie might be grown on me now." And I'm like, "There we go." There's I do grow. Yeah, because on the God, last, my God, there we go. The last episode, you got to see like how how compassionate he was and how. Um, how like much how genuine how real he was so i think i was just giving him a hard time i wasn't giving him the benefit of the doubt in the beginning and i apologize about that <laughs> um but hey, yeah buddy. i got in that water i swam across you know <laughs> i got in that water he did but kenzie's still the number kenzie, one kenzie she is still number one i told you she was gonna make it to the end and she did I know the, only, the only but female kenzie made it to the end because of robbie and but, that's something we have to be very aware of, is that Kenzie well, made it to the end because of Robbie. There were several times we, we Robbie... We made a good team. We had yes, a great a friendship. Team. I was going to say, would you, would you agree I mean, with... On my down days, she picked me up, and on her down days, I, right. you know, I picked her up. Yeah. Well, I don't, and here's the, here's the concept. I don't think you I feel are like against Robbie Kenzie. paired with anyone would have done the same thing because it's within Robbie's nature. Mm -hmm. And Kenzie would have stuck it through if she was paired with anyone. And knowing that <laughs> she's tough, she is 41 days. Was it 41 days total? Yeah, 41 days. And that Terry made it to day 37. That's even yeah, more me. heartbreaking. It's four days, four days. And she would have also been in the winner's circle. Golly. And there was no, no way to know when no, that was. No. There was no, we didn't know. There was no hints. There was, we had no idea. I wonder what she's thinking now, like rewatching it. I'm sure she. I'm sure she loves it. Mm -hmm. She. She to me seems like the kind of person who, no matter no matter what, like like we mentioned, she didn't make it to the end, but she still grew. I think she had an amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe not an amazing time, but I bet I bet <laughs> you someone like her. Eyes. Well, she's a very wise person, yeah. as we see in the other episodes. You know. It, she was saying all these things about, you know, loving the loneliness and wanting to be dropped on a deserted island by herself. And she, in a way, she got to experience a dream. And I, I'm sure she's very pleased Honestly, with it. Honestly, I don't even think she has a television. So <laughs> I don't think she's even seen the show or that knows that it's aired. And she's just singing and happy. And I just, I was very impressed by Terry. Terry. Very... We, we, we appreciate mm -hmm. Terry. But appreciation, Katie... Do you appreciate the show as much as CJ and I do? Um, yeah, you know, I've never really been, I feel like, interested in survival shows before, like Survivor and all that. But I got to say, I think the only reason why I truly, really did end up enjoying the show was because of all the backstories and all the triumphs that we did see. And I feel like that's not something that you get to see in every other maybe survival situation. You know, it was a very real reality show. <laughs> which which doesn't really exist a lot. Which honestly really does not exist a lot nowadays. I mean, have you seen the Kardashians though? <laughs> you know what? I know you're joking. You, you guys are all laughing. But I know you're joking. I guarantee you, Robbie couldn't wow. survive 41 days with them. <laughs> I might surprise you. Maybe give a lot more money. But Tehran, Tehran, I'm very interested to hear your overall thoughts on this show. Overall thought on the show is that Castaways was designed to test 
the limits of of human need for companionship, human need for relationship, and the understanding of situationship. And I was very impressed with the way the show was able to convey the psychological growth that each and every one of the castaways exhibited. My takeaway from the show is simple. Would you, Robbie, ever do this again? <laughs> no. No. And no. as much if as you I asked, if you asked me to go tomorrow, I would say no. You'd go do it on your own. But, <laughs> but of course you're very happy that you did it. Oh, absolutely. It's changed it's changed my life. Um, most expensive diet I've ever been on. <laughs> I'm sure. And I wonder if the network feels the same. If this was, they're uh. extremely happy that they did it, but they would never do it again because of the toll that it placed on the camera people, the production, the crew, and the toll that they were probably unaware that it would put on each and every one of you. I don't even know if the creator knew what was growing, what it was just an idea, how in depth it would actually be. It's extremely impressive and yeah. terrifying. It's wild. I will say this. It did what it needed to do for Robbie, and there are 12 others or 15 others or however big it could get. There are 12 others out there that it would, it would do the same for them, and I would watch it 100 times over because it is so interesting. Um, and now that the concept is there, and if you want to ask me what I think about the show, so although I was featured in episodes one and two, episodes one and two, people go, well, it's, we love the show, but what's it about? You know, and so how do you introduce, whether they use me, whether they use you, whether they use Matt, who, you know, Chriselle, Tim, whoever, how do you introduce a brand new show to millions of people that's this authentic and this real? And it's like, there's so many combinations of all the reality that's out there and even lost as a scripted show. I mean, there's flashbacks. There's so much that's tied in and it's a brand new concept and it's, it's now taking everyone by storm, but how do you introduce this brand new show to millions of people? And now that you have people want more, they do. And just because, you know, Hey, maybe five years from now on a reunion show, if they yeah. want to bring, bring back Robbie to see how long he can do, I will be there. I will sign up and go do it. But I'm not going back tomorrow. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, but I'm my, sure, I'm my sure. concern is actually the concept of if they did the show again, which I am under the impression that it will win an Emmy, if nothing else, for editing. But hopefully, if they do the show ever again, it's cheating. I've seen this this year's episodes i know and i am better prepared for next time i watched all of your mistakes mm, i don't know and i think that the right person would be 10 times more ready had you watched the show you would have been 10 times more ready going back now you would probably think that the 40 days i'm not saying it's cakewalk but you would do it a lot easier. But they probably don't advertise it as you're about to sign up for Castaways. It's probably advertised as something else. You have no idea what you're about to get into. You know, CJ, uh, it's, it's interesting you keep saying that because everything you keep saying about what you think happens before the show has been all been wrong. <laughs> the toiletries, you're like, of course they give them toilet paper. I did not oh, say that. Was yes, me. you did. That, that was, was me. Me. But you were agreed. You were like, yeah, why? that would be unfathomable. Yeah. <laughs> that was not this me. Is, I said none of these things. This is how TV plays. This is how TV plays. They will tell you what you're doing, and people will still sign up. I don't think that everyone will go through and study, but I I do think that in the season two, I would I would be remiss to say that it would just be an easy redo. Mm -hmm. There would have to be something even more spectacular. We we go from island to freezing cold right. and live. In an in Antarctica. <laughs> oh man, y'all, I you know here's the thing. You just have to relate this show to life. I mean, we're all just trying to survive. So if you relate it to life, a season two 
what's your season two in life? I mean, there's different factors and you go through different things. There's different people that you interact with. And that's what's interesting about the show. So yeah, would someone have a little more knowledge? But guess what? They can still only pack certain things. You're not allowed to bring all this equipment. You only can bring a suitcase that must go on TSA approved overhead storage. The suitcase that I packed with all those snacks, if <laughs> I brought, someone didn't make that for me. So, you know, th there's a there's a whole lot that can factor in and, and it's so relatable to life. I just think it would be really, really interesting to, to see a whole nother group um, and to see how their paths cross and, and how they handle the environments and the challenges uh, and backstories and things that they're, that they're, you know, that they face at home and then how they handle things on the island. It's, it's just a really interesting, very deep intellectual show. It's 100%. an intellectual 100%. show. 100%. And if nothing else, we may have watched all of you lose all this weight, but all of us all gain souls. So oh, you really you gained something from it. Hopefully no, no weight, though. We did. Yeah, no, this, this show is just so great. I don't think we can really sing it enough praise, but... I, I want more. Maybe we'll see season two, but unfortunately, unfortunately, that's that's all we've got for the first season of Castaways. Unfortunately, but but it it's really great, and I I want to thank everyone for joining us uh, along at home. I want to thank Robbie for joining us on the show, uh, Matt and Richard for joining us as well. Um, really wish we could get everyone else on the show as well, but right. show got pushed around a couple of weeks, but. Yeah, once again, thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, my name is Michael Patterson. You can find me on Twitter at MikePatNews. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-T-N-E-W-S. CJ, for the last time, sign off. What's up, guys? For the last time, I'm CJ Walker. You can find me everywhere. I, CJ Walker, even on YouTube. Oh, I'm going to miss you guys. Uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at KatieWalski underscore. Hopefully we can keep talking about Castaways and maybe there'll be a season two. Well, find me at I am Teron, and this won't be my last time. I will see you all next time on any one of our wonderful AfterBuzz shows. And thank you so much, Robbie, for being here. Where can people find you? On Instagram, I'm a big Instagram guy. It's at Robbie.Rainbow. Twitter is uh, at Robbie Rainbow, the number one. His Instagram is great. I really recommend checking it out. But uh, once again, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, Till next time. Bye. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye. We'll miss you. Thanks, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.